This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the only podcast on the internet that if it were a Pop-Tart would be Wildberry. This is Luke on the Formation Lab. My recoiling and horror partner is Tim. Tim, Pop-Tart flavors, go. Look, man, I'm a traditionalist. It's the strawberry or bust. Um, I, I, I any strawberry. Any anything else is just honestly an abomination. I've tried this this cinnamon nonsense. I've tried oh, it's other things. Most overrated. As as a diabetic and someone who objectively can sit back and really, you have to you have to want it. You really have to mm-hmm. decide which pop tart is worth your insulin uptake. Right. Um, I will say it is strawberry all or cherry all day long. Um, any of the other berries are just abominations, and you're all wrong if you think otherwise. All right, so before we get into uh, Baku in Alabama, I just want to throw this out there. Back when I was a kid, they had freezer Pop-Tarts, right? Like you'd put them in the freezer and they were cold, but they were still kind of like softish. They weren't like frozen hard, right? Right. And they had freezer Pop-Tarts that had cookie dough in them. And they have kind of like a chocolate outside coating, right? So like so like the frosting coating on like a cherry one, it was like a chocolate coating. Okay. And those were – the most delicious things when I was a kid, and I really want to try some as an adult, but I think they discontinued them like over a decade ago. Because, Tim, I think if I ate one of those, I would be as diabetic as you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty diabetic. So, uh, you know, I can tell you it's not a whole lot of fun. You're just a human pin cushion for uh, insulin needles and sensors and all the garbage. Uh, I'm still mad at my uh, congressional representative for not capping my costs, but okay, whatever. Wow. But we so had saying, a couple so of uh not worth the cookie dough pop tarts. <sighs> no, hundred percent no. Sorry. If if I wanted cookie dough, I would just walk one aisle over and get fucking cookie dough. Um so anyway, um we had two races this week. We did. Uh the first was in uh the, the first of the A's was Azerbaijan, and uh the other was Alabama. Hey, um, Alabama. I can tell you, I, I think we can make quick work. Of the first one, <laughs> which is uh, it's not, great. Not a whole lot happened. No, um, you know, I, I, I think more drama was before the race and after the race than in the race because the sprint race had the big controversy of the weekend up until the Grand Prix organizers in Azerbaijan let people just mosey on over to the pit lane. <laughs> yep, it. Uh, uh, Let's Ugh. let's 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 what, what, talk about George V for stopping real quick. Yeah, George well, versus Max. George versus Max. You know that obviously they went into the corner with cold breaks, and George made a legit move, and you know Max did have to make the corner. Honestly, I thought it was a racing incident. What did you think of the incident isolated there, uh, post issue? I. I, look, I thought that when you look at that, so let's let's paint the picture. George and Max, they're uh, George on the inside, Max on the outside for like three consecutive corners here. Um, I thought that in the moment, I was like, eh, well, you know, that's that's racing, baby, right? Then I saw the human-sized hole in the side of Max's side pod, right, and I was like. Ah, you know, that is a little much. That is a little much. Now, I think George probably did make a mistake because George obviously tapped Max right there, but I I don't think uh I I I think that's just part of racing at that. What I find more ridiculous, I will admit George made a mistake. Not that I'm a huge like George stan, but like 
Oops, he screwed up going too wide in the middle of Baku on lap one. A lot of people do that. What I found interesting was Max would not let it go. And like, Max? not that like he just wouldn't <clears throat> let it go. He was so mad. It let it fuel him in a way that like, it, it's like the king of dive bombing people in dangerous fashion, like finally had the prince of dive bombing people in dangerous fashion walk up to him. And that just made him mad. I'm like, dude, Max, like, was it a clean, what is it as clean as it could have been? No, but like. It wasn't dirty. And like, well, here's yeah, your entire you rest of the career, too. Right. And it, yeah, Max, that is your thing. <laughs> it's like and Max met Max for the first time. Yeah, and he didn't like the look. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really didn't like that look. Um, yeah, no, Max, uh, Max has shown time and time again, I will, you know, continue to shout this from the rafters he's he's a terrible champion he his jealousy is insane um he lashes out in a very childlike manner um they are you know there's no other way to put it other than temper tantrum um he throws these temper tantrums when he's clearly in the wrong or he's borderline on the wrong and and he just sticks with it and red bull allows it to happen because they've fostered that in him um you know, I just think it, it it is patently ridiculous to have gone as far as he did. Um, but I did think it was just interesting. Uh, Maya Angelou put it best. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And so yeah. I believe who Max is. Um, he's just a petulant child. And, uh, you know, no, he has no sense of irony, no sense of hypocrisy, no sense of just how full of shit he really is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm over it. He's uh, I'll, I also believe a racist. Um, he does, he is harder on Lewis and total wolf said as much this week. So, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think that Nelson PK senior fine, um, it, what, what is in a vacuum with the Verstappen clan. Here, here's what uh, I find interesting, um, is when Lewis was in the prime Lewis years, like I could not stand his whinging, but like. In the rearview mirror, doesn't it seem so much more adult? <laughs> it was like, oh, he was like, he couldn't, he was more precise, or he was talking about the politics of, you know, of, of certain calls that are made. It was, he yeah, can, yeah. It was he different. can't do that, man. That's not cool. He can't do that. That's ridiculous. I should get that p- position back. It was like as bad as you'd get from Lewis. And it's yeah. like, or he'd want to talk straight to Charlie Whiting about a, yeah. a time penalty in the yeah. car. And, like, but like, that's little... but like in the moment, I was like, "Oh my gosh, Lewis, you shut up, Jesus! Yeah, Give but... me that. That seems a little more mature anymore, doesn't it?" Right. It seems like yeah, an adult. Like someone put an adult back in the car, please. I hope Alonzo wins the championship just so he can be an adult. Uh, Which is I... it is a low bar for Fernando to be yeah, the exactly adult. <laughs> when when you when you prefer Fernando for maturity, that you're not winning. Nothing's no. going well. Um, no. Um, but I thought Checo Perez had a good race. He managed it well, and he, you know, took it across for a win. Um, Max did not get fastest lap this time, so <laughs> not too bad. But it was basically a race between the two Red Bulls, and it came down to good timing with uh, Nick DeVries off. Yeah, no yeah, I, I, I do believe that was uh, Max's race. Uh, Checo takes the the win. That was Max's race to lose, and he didn't lose it, but his his strategist. Not that it was a strategy cock up. I don't like when people say it's a bad strategy. It's just really unfortunate timing. Um, that's really all that, that it was uh, between Max and getting past Checo, I think. Um, 
or at least staying past Checo. I I do want to give a shout out uh, to our boy Esteban Ocon. Yeah, he finished fifteenth, but uh, he did just basically run the entire race on hearts. So he he did, and uh, his <laughs> his compatriot's car uh, ended up in flames this weekend uh, during a practice session. So Alpine's looking kind of rough right now. <laughs> but Ocon, uh, the the cameraman who Ocon missed. Uh, and the pit lane should send him uh, an edible arrangement for not killing him. Yeah. What 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 dumbass what was, allowed what, that to happen? What was that? Here's the thing, too, was they were if you look at like the replay, they were closing the pit lane. So Esteban Ocon has to pit one more time. He mm-hmm. has to. He hasn't pitted yet in the race. Rules state you have to. So it's very obvious to everyone watching and the Sky Sports commentators and the F1 International commentators that he's going to pit on the final lap take the pit stop cross the line in the pit right it, it's not it's not the most common thing but we've seen it a dozen times we've you seen know? it a dozen times and michael schumacher got a win that way right so, so you know yeah it's not uncommon they're they're but it's also not the off, first time no right they're roping off the pit lane and it's like well why are you roping off the pit lane this is like 51 of 51 not race is done you know he comes in all of the camera people are crossing and they just have to get out. It looked like old group B rally footage. It, it well, no, it looked, it looked just like 1980s F1. Is yeah. what it looked like. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had to really kind of slam on those brakes. And for a driver who's not used to seeing human beings uh, active on an active track, that yeah, can probably no, be disconcerting. Yeah, nor should he be used to it, by the way. Right. Also, also that the corner into the pit lane um, is fairly blind. I believe, right? You just come around a 90 degree corner, bing, bang, boom, there you are. And like, uh, it's it, it's not designed to be able to see a boatload of people standing in the middle of the pit lane. Tim, no, you remember, you remember, you know, like you've worked press before at races. Yeah. They're on top of that shit. They, they, they tell you like, you don't get the same within 20 yeah, feet you, of that shit. They, they start barking at you a long way off. Um, yeah. which is why and even just, if they, yeah, they yeah. know who you are. They know you have the rights to be where you are. They're just like, you don't tell, take one step past there. Yeah, exactly. They, they're, they're on top of it. So I, I can't, I don't know what, what comedy of errors happen yeah. to allow those people on the track. Um, but yeah, even at worldwide technology raceway, they have that on lock. They do. That they, is, do. They, they, you are nowhere where you ought not to be without somebody coming over and, you know, yeah. restraining you or detaining you in some way. It's it's funny because you can literally, when you have press credentials, you can literally walk into like the pits, uh, into like the garages and like stand there and talk to Simon Pagino, right? Like you can walk in and if he sees you, he'll be like, yo, what's up? And you could just talk to him standing right there with your hand resting on the car. Nobody cares. The yeah. second you get near a pit lane, freaking security is like you freaking security would tackle the drivers if they didn't if they you know went the wrong place like don't get us wrong it's i don't know how you mess that up that bad um i do want to hit a couple other points from f1 before we get into the good race (laughs) um yeah uh did baku gets an extension okay um where are we at on baku as a track Oh, it's a garbage track. You know, the 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 real the 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 blessing of it is as a street race, it has 
very punishing corners. So if you get it wrong or if you get jittery, you're going to you know be in the wall and you're counting on chaos. That's what you really then and you know, I I think back to the Bernie Eccleston uh mindset of hey, let's maybe soak the tracks or do something artificial. I feel like it's borderline artificial to make to improve your on-track race product. Um, you know, if you're throwing it on it's a little bit of Mario Kart. Um, yeah. you know, you're throwing out eggs and stuff or banana peels and shit. And you know, I feel like this is a, a bit of that because it's yeah. the castle section is so close. The you know, the the stuff is so punishing, the straight is so long. I didn't I didn't really understand why they shortened the DRS zone. I don't know uh, either. I was trying to understand it from Crofty, and honestly, it was just word salad because I don't think he understood it either. Um, they they so, seem to play with that more than necessary. I understand. They really it. do. Like stop I understand. Meddling. I had a track like Australia where he's trying to figure things out and make it work. I understand playing with it, but like, right. I don't know. I Baku is always goofy. It's a garbage track, but it produces not great racing entertaining races sometimes not always but sometimes right sometimes yeah sometimes um so like at the end of the day man like it, it almost works as best as it can so like why would you just why would you extend it, it? Yeah. yeah why and, would you meddle with it and why would um, you why would you extend this track it's it's shit yeah i don't know. i i just i can't imagine having looked at the google earth years ago trying to speculate where they put a track i can't imagine that there isn't a better layout for it at some point a better option yeah there's roads over there that could be conducive to racing because it's not specifically a street circuit's fault i feel like people hate on street circuits now um and i agree that like there's we're overdoing the poorly designed street circuits but that doesn't take away from like how good proper street circuits are. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, like a Singapore or I go to IndyCar, right? Where, um, St. Pete and, uh, St. Pete and Long Beach are fantastic races mm-hmm. by and large. Yeah. Well-designed tracks, hard to drive, punishing, but not dangerous. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I, F1. Yeah. We just need a different street circuit or something. Um, yeah. Just change it. Something do Stop. something. Do something. Uh, the other one I wanted to get your opinion on, and Max Verstappen just said it needs to be scrapped. The sprint, the sprint is the big talk. You love it. I love it. I think it's great. I think you should always do it at heritage tracks just to make it more lively and fun. Um, but there needs to be a shakeup because those are so processional and so boring. Okay. That I'm right. okay changing the race for weekend format um, mm-hmm. to include a sprint race or something that puts a little bit more on the line um so that yeah i'm in favor i think max is being a little bit bit of a baby because it's making his championship a little bit harder i'll disagree with you i dislike sprints as they've been given to us i i do i don't think i can name any time that i've been like "Ah, this is so great right um however i'm not against the idea in theory if you just to me, what it what it reeks for is if you're going to do 17 laps and no stoppers, put the guy, you know, reverse reverse standings by team, yeah, side by side, or reverse, you know, season standings. First place gets, you know, five, four, three, two, one points, and then 
maybe maybe you qualify based on the grid uh based on how you finish the sprint i know that defeats the purpose of making three days worth of events but a little bit i to me i look at those and i go hey you know what i i'd watch that tim and i think honestly i think that doesn't seem completely unfair either even if you do like a qualifying on friday then you do reverse grid order sprint as its own standalone thing as it is now and then have your normal gp on sunday like okay I, I I think that would be entertaining, but you can't just – I felt like we saw a spoiler for the race on Saturday, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, like watching a trailer for a movie that gives away all the plot points. I I really – I do enjoy it in other – in the other applications so far. Um, mm-hmm. It has been a better on-track race product um, than sometimes race day is itself, which is kind of redeems it a bit for me. Um, okay. so I don't know. I think, uh, I think I'll, I'll let it live. Let it live. Um, yep. I will say the one thing I do question this year too, is the sprint shootout was whatever. Right. Um, right. but because the sprint and the sprint has its own qualification and the GP has a different qualification session to me, I just kind of scratch my head going like, so this Entire Saturday has no bearing on the big important race. Uh, I would like to see, and I know this is maybe a little more controversial. I'd like to see some effect that one has on the other. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't mind last year when it was sprint qualified you for the for the grid. Yeah. I I thought that was okay. That, that's, um, that wasn't too bad. Uh. So as we move uh, on over, we have uh, I mean, look, man, it was a it was a banger of a weekend <laughs> in, in Alabama. Uh, Barber Motorsports Park. I always feel like people when they talk about great American tracks, like why can't F1 race it? They always mention Road America, but nobody ever mentions Barber. Barber Which is such slaps, a shame, dude. <laughs> Barber Barber slaps and in the best way, like they, but let's let's really give it to them. Like they they did great this weekend. <laughs> That was some razor on, like, uh, uh, I'm just thinking of Grosjean's move on Scott McLaughlin. Yeah. Like, holy hell, that was better than anything F1 did all weekend. Right. And, like, that was a good battle. And it, Barber is, just as a facility, if that's not on your U.S. bucket list, man, like, I don't know what to tell you. That place looks gorgeous. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I- uh, so uh, I think I think a couple things that are my my, my takeaways from this. Um, obviously, Scott McLaughlin is nuts. This is a very really talented guy. I think you know he's finding himself in a IndyCar series that is very elbows out, and coming from his experience in V8 supercars, you're finding that he is totally chill with being able to throw bows if you will right throw elbows out there just be like hey man uh you know we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna you know take the boxing gloves off and we're gonna race and i think that is what stood out to me because i i was uh listening to scotty mack in his post-race press conference right i sat in on the press conference tried to ask rome groshan a question but someone else asked the exact same question but scotty mack really to me had this 
quote to say he was asked if Roman Grosjean touched him. And I think this stands in such a direct opposition to what we saw across the globe. I think we touched uh, when he passed me a little bit, but it was fair game. It was awesome racing, man. It was it was uh, exactly what IndyCar was. Um, and uh, yeah, ain't no procession here, that's for sure. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was no procession. Honestly, no. I was on the edge of my seat when when Roman put that move on. I was yeah. like, oh, and like, it, and cutting it back like that. Brilliant. Oh. And, it's, and it's refreshing to me to hear a driver after the weekend we had in Azerbaijan go, I think we touched. That's ah, fair game. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like, it's like, no, we'll, we're, we're drivers out here, so we're going to drive. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and- that was a direct dig at Max, which I love. <laughs> it really was. It really was. And like I said, you know, that, that V8 supercar in him is only going to serve him better going forward. Because, I mean, if you want to talk about gloves off fighting series. Uh, yeah, V8, V8 supercar is about, is about as knockdown drag out as you'll ever get. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it, they are crazy. They're nuts. Literally. So, uh, yeah, I just I really, really, uh, really loved that quote from him. And interesting, too, um, you know, Will Power was trying to make a move up on Roman Grosjean in the closing uh, probably 15 or so laps and just couldn't get it done. I think it's interesting that Scott McLaughlin and Will Power, obviously, both uh, both Penske drivers, they're running the exact same strategy and Power. I, it, Scotty McLaughlin has just taken it to power. Like it's just he yeah, beat him a, on the same strategy. It's a, yeah, he, and it's kind of becoming a thing, right? Yeah, like that's more often than not that's what's happening. I'm seeing that too. I think I think Will Power is kind of, with Fading. all due respect, he and he can very well win a race, right? Yeah, but he's but not. I I don't see him as the force that he was. Maybe I feel like we're getting maybe eighty percent Will Power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like he's, he, he's not the will of old yeah um although i did like this uh like this quote uh from willpower here uh talking about scotty mclaughlin uh you know taking it to him on the same strategy kind of shows how fast this mclaughlin kid is uh coming up here yeah it's two races where i followed his followed him on the same bloody strategy and he's uh ended up ahead but uh as you know, that all ebbs and flows in a season. If you're doing a good job, if you're doing your job, you will you'll get what you deserve, whether that's good or bad. So you know, I kind of that's an, that is this, an odd way to put that. Yeah, you'll get what you deserve, good or bad. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Ha, what? Huh? Let, let's stick. Let's let's uh, let's not go philosophizing on each other here now. <laughs> he he did, but can you tell that it gets? I think I think I can read this two different ways, and I want your input on which way I should read this, Tim. Yes. For me, when I hear Will Power say that's two bloody time, two times he's beat me on the same bloody strategy, I'm like, he notices, he knows, and it's getting to him just a little bit, just yeah, he, a little bit. He's reading it. Yeah, he sees it. And yeah, then when he says, a... you know, you get your job done, you get your job done, and you get what's coming to you, good or bad. Um. He mentions later in a different clip that, like, you know, sometimes, you know, he's like, we haven't got the job done in a lot of races, but I felt like today we got the job done. Um, 
on the other hand, that quote to me speaks more of like a a mature willpower, <laughs> a it ebbs and flows over the rate over the course of a season. Uh, I, think- I hope it's mature will willpower, but you know, I I want I want more of a fight, so I'm gonna go with let's let's think it's more mature and he's keeping his powder dry. It's a long season. Mature willpower would still absolutely punch a kangaroo, though. Let's be real with you. Oh yeah, I thought I thought they they like hold that specifically for him to punch afterward. <laughs> I thought that was a thing. That dude is. No? I love willpower. He's been like anytime I met him or like just kind of ran into him, he's been nothing but respectful. But like. He just Luke, got that craziness in his eyes. If you if if you're telling me that they don't do that, whose kangaroo was that at Worldwide Technology Raceway? And should we call Curtis Francois because there's a kangaroo problem? <laughs> Those darn kangaroo infestations. Oh, they're back. <laughs> ah, they're back. Gosh. Will usually it. punches them when they come through comes through town. Um, uh, Will Power, by the way, sitting 26 points out of first in the NTT IndyCar Series uh, standings, uh, seventh place. Um, so, I mean, really, he's ahead of Scott Dixon, Colton Herta, Rossi, Rosenquist, Christian Lungard, who I actually is pretty impressed with him as well. He's not in a bad place. He's not in a bad place. Let's talk about the man of the hour. I think probably the bigger story, even even more so than Scott McLaughlin, Tim is uh, the man of the hour, I think, was Roman Grosjean. Roman yeah. Grosjean now finds himself 15 points out of first place. In fifth place, I know fifth place doesn't sound great, but when it's 15 points out of first place, that's huge. And Marcus Erickson barely cracked the top five, by the way. <laughs> or barely cracked the top ten, rather. Uh, I, I know this is like not exactly a hot take, but I just... I really, really, really liked that drive for Roman. <laughs> uh, I think that was a that was the Roman I wish we saw in F one. That yeah. was that was going for gutsy moves, but also keeping his powder dry, like not leading, doing total quality laps, not leading, doing that, but like yeah. keeping keeping it smooth and but pulling being a little defensive, but also just having a smooth hand of the wheel. It was really good. And and speaking of keeping the powder dry. This is Roman Grosjean talking about um, just kind of trying to focus on the big picture. And we have two cuts and we'll introduce the second cut after this, but here's Roman Grosjean with at the end, a little bit of willpower being willpower. You know what? You need to do everything perfect to win. And today we didn't have the right strategy. So uh, it is what it is. Um, Control what you can control. And that's what we did. We executed really well this weekend. We had a fast car. Uh, got Paul, um, I think, with 20 seconds ahead of the two stoppers uh, on the the race finish. So that shows how fast we were, but we just uh, we just did have the right strategy today. So uh, you know, uh, a second is not too bad. Puts me P4 in the championship. Big picture. Yes, I wanted to win today, and yes, it hurts not to do it. But uh, we got a lot more occasion, and uh, if I can win Indy and maybe one of the 500, then it'd be good. Right? That'd be I strong. Will. Yeah, strong. I did both one time. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's yeah, if you can do it. Bloody good. You you come out leading the championship. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He just casually so goes, I could win Indy at the GP and then I can win the Indy five hundred. Then I'll be set. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if I win May. Yeah, <laughs> no, is... I did both. <laughs> yeah, I've done both. 
Oh no, don't die, Luke. The Luke, I apologize, listeners. I just, my my compatriot uh, has fallen into illness. Send flowers, <laughs> send money. I've got the dies. consumption pop. <laughs> You've got the yeah, how's the tuberculosis? <laughs> Jesus. Um, but no, I thought that uh that reflects more of his mindset. Um yeah. you know, to say, hey, it was we didn't have the right one today, we were good. Um but we're sitting in a good position. So yeah. that's that's excellent. Between between um the Long Beach Drive and this drive here in Barber, I think it's hard not to see an ascension of Roman Groshan, a, a a rise, if you will. Now, I think Indianapolis is going to be a a, a challenge. Don't count anyone else out of the Indianapolis 500. Don't count anyone from 1 to 33 out, right? Track picks its own winners. That being said, um, I think it'll be more of a challenge for him simply because he doesn't have, say, the oval experience that, uh, you know, maybe a Joseph Newgarden or a Will Power or a Scott Dixon does. Yeah. Or Elio Castro-Davis will be racing, so, you know. <laughs> um, However... With the Indy GP coming up, that is the most European Indy car race there is, right? Like, yeah, that's the closest you're going to get to a traditional European circuit, if you will. Yeah. Um, I would not be shocked if he exits or if he enters the Indy 500 in the top three in the points. Um, and after that, if you can take that mentality into a very crucially important Indy 500 weekend. And I know you're going to want to dunk and go for the gold, but if you're sitting in P5, just it's take it home. still huge points, yeah. I can, see, I can see Roman coming out of the Indy 500 top two in points with, depending on who wins the Indy 500, whoever wins the Indy 500. Yeah, Call I me. think he's... No, I think I genuinely think he's there at the end of the season. I think he's in contention and I think he goes for it. Um, he's yeah. looking at the world championship. He's looking at the championship. He's not looking at the rest. So is, that's excellent. Which is a huge, a huge mentality paradigm shift. And he said one other thing too, where that I noted was interesting that previous clip. Did you notice where he said he was 20 seconds ahead of anyone else on the same strategy, right? Yep. It's a not it's an acknowledgement that like, hey, that was a good drive, but like sometimes your job is to realize when you've done a good job. Right. And yet yeah. he he talks about this uh when he uh during this interview as well with this clip right here. No, I think when your team boss come to see you and told you that's probably the best drive I've seen in IndyCar and he's been around for a long time, Michael, uh, you take that as as a win. So um I think uh very proud of my engineer, very proud of my mechanics. We missed FP1, uh, so we beat him on the back foot. We got Paul, and, and we had a fast car today. You know, with the few number we had to hit doing the lap time we were doing, it's pretty amazing. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, happy with it. Happy with second. Yep. I And, hey, I like the mentality. I like where his head's at. I'm yeah. excited, Luke. I mean, this bodes well. I, I am too. Um, now, I know I said it's going to be challenging, Uh I also disclaimed it. If Roman Grosjean wins the Indy 500, you heard it here first, folks. Okay. <laughs> you, you That's heard right. It here. Yeah. That's right. We'll have to get Roman on the show. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. That's what we need to do. We need to interview him so he can get the bump. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah.
Um, so right now, Marcus Erickson, uh, still in first place, but faded pretty heavily. Finished in tenth, I believe, hundred thirty points. Pato award award three points behind is all. Three points behind. Alex Pillow is just nine points behind in third place. Scotty McLaughlin, 11 points. Roman Grosjean, 15 points. And then there's a bit of a drop-off, 10 more points until Joseph Newgarden. Look. That's a close field. That is. That is a razor-thin margin in that top five. I was going to say, fifth sounds a hell of a lot worse than... Like then it is within a single swipe of leading the entire championship. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I think it's a really exciting time for IndyCar, and I cannot wait for the NDGP. The NDGP. Oh, the NDGP is. I hope it rains at the NDGP. Do you remember the drive from 2019 that Simon Pagino had in the wet? Oh yeah, that was a fantastic <laughs> drive. Fantastic. I am. Uh, I am so ready good. for the NDGP. But not just ready for the NDGP. I'm ready because the NDGP signals what, Tim? The 500. It's the month of May, baby. Get excited. It is. It's May 1st as we record this. As so, we record this. And uh, we will, this is yeah. exciting times. Exciting times indeed. Well, folks, uh, get ready for month of May coverage. We have uh, the Miami GP and Formula One coming up this weekend. Obviously, the Indy GP and the uh, the build up to that uh, will come in the next couple weeks. And of course, the 500 on Memorial Day weekend. That's the last Sunday for you, non Americans of May. And uh, we will have all the coverage that you need right here on the Formation Lab. Later.